not very many people bought Velvet Underground records, but every single one that did started a band. Right. And um, that's key, is that uh, how influential he was. Like, it's easy to throw around the world word influential, but you have to realize, like, the things Lou Reed and the things Velvet Underground did, literally other things wouldn't have happened if they hadn't done it. Completely. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, that's a cool sound. I'm going to, like, you know, incorporate that into my song. It's like, no, this... They wouldn't even have songs if Velvet Underground hadn't made theirs. Right, and it isn't so much, I mean, like, sonically, obviously, people were very interested in, you know, because, like, Lou Reed fundamentally wrote pop songs. Right. But he wrote really weird pop songs. <laughs> right. And, you know, and before the Velvet Underground, I don't think there was a whole lot of interest in even the possibility of pop songs being weird. Right. Uh, which is, you know, like, not an insignificant thing. Mm -hmm. Um And so I, I feel like that even just, like, that attitude yeah. is... Is was such an important thing. I mean, I know that I was reading online a lot of people talking about how their intro to the Velvet Underground was REM, right? Because REM used to cover a bunch of Velvet Underground songs, mm -hmm. and like, and 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 yeah, the the influence is pretty. Uh, you can e it's easy to tell on those early REM albums, especially. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean even down to like, you know, uh, Michael Stipe's obsession with right. sexuality right. And, and you know all this other stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to figure like there's probably no REM without. Without Lee Reed, no REM, no uh, David Bowie as we know it, probably, probably uh, not. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, no, so many, no Blur, no. Uh, I mean, it's you know, it's like domino effect. Once you knock Velvet Underground, half of rock music from the past forty years <laughs> just, just, just disappears. Yeah, yeah, just, it's gone. It's completely out the window. Yeah. Um, do you have? Is there a particular record for you? I mean, you know, it's. It, it changes every now and then. Uh, well, because also he never made the same record twice. Right. Exactly. I mean, obviously, Transformer, which this song is off of, Vicious, is the first track on it, uh, is kind of the gold standard, especially for solo Lou Reed records. Um, overall, you know, it's it's loaded. I have, Every time I go back to the Velvet Underground's loaded, I can't not love it. Uh, it's a great album. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, it's, it's, there's too many to choose from, but I, if I would have to say a Velvet Underground record, mine would be Loaded, okay. Lou Reed, Transformer. See, I'm more of a fan of the John Cale stuff. Okay. So I, I prefer So you don't those, like Loaded. I prefer those first two records. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with Loaded, but yeah. it's, it, it doesn't it doesn't move me in the same way that, mm -hmm. um, you know, John Cale. For people who don't know, John Cale, co-founded Velvet Underground, right. uh, is on those first two albums. Right. He brought um, the avant-garde sensibility. Yeah, like anytime you hear that sort of drone, mm -hmm. um, I mean, like v Venus and Furs is, right. and, and Heroin are probably the sort of those, you know, where that really comes from because yeah. he played a viola that was right. his that was, you didn't hear a lot of viola in rock music well he was either. a classically trained musician he was right. hanging around with like uh, Lamont Young and all these like weirdos who made uh, droney avant-garde classical music yeah and um, uh, so I, I, I like that stuff and I also I mean of the solo stuff like I think Songs for Drella might be um, yeah uh, you wrote uh, my a thing favorite thing I wrote a long thing yesterday about Songs for Drella yeah. which was um uh, John Cale and uh, and Lou Reed rele released in 1990 as their tribute to Andy Warhol, whose nickname was Drella. Whose nickname was Drella, uh, which I, I I guess I didn't realize was a, a portmanteau of Dracula and Cinderella. I'd read that once before. It's a it's a strange thing. Which which for Andy Warhol makes perfect sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense except for that guy. Right. Um, and uh, but it's just and the thing I love about songs for Drella is that um, it's it's Lou Reed at his most earnest. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you very rarely got him so sort of uh, soul-bearing and, and naked. I mean, there's right. always this sort of layer of cool and mm -hmm. kind of snarl. Know, yeah, a little bit of cynicism to it. Right. Um, but I like that he was able to, he was able to tap into that stuff. And yeah, it's, it's really. I mean, that's you know, in a way that like I, for me, my favorite solo album might be Coney Island Baby because it's sort it's of a good like album. And, and it's but it's 
it always feels like a bit of a cop out because mm-hmm. it's like that might be the most pure pop album. Right. Ever. <laughs> um, right, Berlin me... is the cool answer, or Metal Machine Music. Those yeah, are the cool yeah, answers. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, and for people who don't know, can you describe Metal Machine Music <laughs> for people who don't know it? You know, uh, well, so Metal Machine Music is the noise record. It's uh, <laughs> it's about two hours or an hour and a half of distortion. Lou Reed himself famously said. Uh, no one's ever listened to this record uh, from front to back, not even myself. <laughs> uh, and it's probably true. It's uh, pure uh, sheet uh, sheet metal, <laughs> like, you know, rubbing against it's each other. It's literally just noises. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is uh, weirdly influential <laughs> because a lot of noise, like, I feel like a lot of industrial music and a lot of noise music came directly out of that. Completely. Um, it's just, it just goes to show how many things Lou Reed did. And yeah. how many different scenes he helped foster. Well, it was also too. And uh, yesterday, and you, you'll be able to read this in this week's issue of Entertainment Weekly. But I talked to uh, Lars Ulrich, the drummer from Metallica, right? Who um, uh, uh, made Lou Reed's final album was uh, Lulu, two thousand eleven. Oh, so sad that that's Lou Reed's final album. Yeah, I know the album's not very good. But um, but they. Uh, but I talked to Lars a bunch about working with him and sort of being an admirer and then being a collaborator. Yeah. Um, and he said one of the most inspiring things for him was, and he agreed that like Metal Machine music, he had never listened to it. It's <laughs> it's it's no good. But yeah. um, but just the idea that you could do that. Right. And the idea that you could like, and that was literally like a guy completely, you know, going his own way, and yeah. and and we learned later that that was a complete fu <laughs> right. to his record label. Right. But and as Lars said, so many of those guys in the seventies took got it seriously, com- got and but, but also got the artists got completely hosed by their record labels. Right. Right. And so for for Lars and the guys from Metallica, the idea <laughs> that you could have a counterpunch right. <laughs> in the way of like, well, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, you, you want it's, something from me? I'm gonna put this, this out. Right, exactly. You know, and it was sort of like weirdly empowering in a total dick move. Right. I mean, you know, it's like really, because the only people who really suffer are the listeners <laughs> and the fans who want a new Lou Reed album and right. unfortunately get a bunch of strange industrial noise. But that's um, a great thing is that even this this joke, this like prank almost, uh, which obviously wasn't a complete joke or prank, there, there are some things, there are some elements to the, the idea of the record that Lou Reed could, uh, has been playing with for a while, uh, things that show up on Berlin and things that showed up on totally. White, White Light, White Heat, like mm-hmm. Sister Ray. Uh, but it's great that this joke became actually influential to many people, and <laughs> many people started a band off of Lou, like his turds are just <laughs> just as shiny as his. Still you know. better than, yeah. than anything Iron Butterfly did in <laughs> exactly. the same era. Yeah, um, yeah it's kind of uh, it's kind of amazing. And and the other the other thing is is that you know he was known for being cantankerous can we say prickly <laughs> uh those are understatements yeah yeah that, those, are, those are sort of the, the the gentle ways of putting it yeah. um but it was it was remarkable and and uh, uh chuck Klosterman wrote this great thing for uh, uh for grantland.com yesterday uh-huh. uh, where he talked about how um that never ever got in the way of people respecting the art i know like even though he was mostly a jerk to people and there's a notorious lester bangs essay yes, yes. um that uh you should seek out because it's, it's like, even if you don't like lester bangs it's well worth reading right because it's, it's one of the great takedowns of a human being ever written <laughs> um but it, it is also sort of it does begrudgingly respect this guy who right. was somewhat unkind to people um, but but people really did sort of um, they didn't let that get in the way from the from the fact that like you know he he did great work and he did important work.